Welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we discuss the movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time. We are currently in the midst of doing Heartbreak Ridge. Today, I am Brian Lockhart. And uh, today, I'm Jack Perry. And today, you see, now I'm all thrown off. I'm like, who am I today? Where am I today? I am Tierney Steele. I'm a Movies by Minute podcaster, and I did MASH Minute. So I'm just going to sit back and uh, feel right at home. You are actually a perfect guest for for this movie because Gunny Highway is a Korean War veteran, and we talked about MASH far too much in the opening few yeah. episodes. <laughs> I feel bad we didn't have you on then. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll try and hold it in. The nice thing is this movie has, wait for it, nothing to do with Korea, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listeners, if you thought Korea was going to come up by the end of the movie, I mean, you're not wrong. It will be mentioned, but... (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Casually mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we are doing Minute 58 today, and Minute 58 kicks off with Gunny Highway marching recon platoon off to a battlefield exercise. And the minute ends with Staff Sergeant Webster marching first platoon off to a battlefield exercise. <laughs> I'm so sad I just missed the doctor's appointment line. Oh. <laughs> it's such a good exchange. Yeah, we get to just the tail end of him saying war at the beginning of this minute. So it's kind of it's kind of like he, the word was cut off, but it's exactly mm-hmm. it. Hopefully it's nothing that keeps you out of the next war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the lieutenant so much. I'm so biased. <laughs> I, I went to uh, UConn, just regular state school. I was a history major, and I specialized in military history, so they had me take classes with the Air Force ROTC, Snake Eyes 5, and all I had to do was learn how to stand at attention, and then that was it. I wasn't involved in anything else <laughs> military. And I got to learn the history of the Air Force from an Air Force colonel. It was amazing. Oh, that's cool. But, but, and I distinctly remember, of course, everyone was trying to recruit me. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> wanted those points so bad. And I was so close to being in already that surely Tierney could be convinced to go in. And it's so clear to me that I would have been this guy. <laughs> like, there's no doubt in my mind. And that's all they wanted from me. I remember a lieutenant sitting with me like, Tierney, you're going to be in an office. What's the big deal? <laughs> and I'm like, and this was the early 2000s. And I'm like, well, sir, I kind of have some questions about that. But yeah, I never did it. And the stupid thing is I never did it because it was a five-year commitment. Your twenty five feels like a really long yeah. time, and now that I'm out, it doesn't. <laughs> You're right. Now, now five five years could have been yesterday, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I literally reference stuff that was like, yeah, it was just like a couple months ago. They were like, that was five years ago. <laughs> it's all a blur. But when I was eighteen, I actually signed up for. Actually, I was seventeen when I signed up, and I signed up for five years. And my thought process at the time was, well, if I'm going to do four with you. <laughs> oh, I found out real fast what one, one more year meant. <laughs> I met a lot of good people in that last year, but I was, I was so ready to be done by that point. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, well, that's, I felt so bad because I was getting my notes right. I, like, settled down to watch this movie, and then I just had this massive, like, imposter syndrome panic attack where I was like, how am I going to be on the Marine Corps movie? Like, you guys have picked the branch of the service I know literally the least about. <laughs> well, some would argue we don't even know, know that much about it ourselves. Ah, I, yeah, I come from a Navy family. I worked with the Air Force ROTC in college. And then I have a couple friends that went to West Point and just like through people I know have more exposure to the army through that and then doing MASH. And and I grew up in Connecticut. So like even the Coast Guard, I kind of understand better than the Marines. <laughs> hey, you know, but if it's if you got Navy family, it's a department and Marine Corps is Department <laughs> of the Navy. It's kind of all it's implied in the mandate. It's all it's all there, you know. It's it's more of like a cult that wears uniforms. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've joked that there's actually really only two military services. There is the Navy and there's the Army. The Air yeah. Force is basically like a club and <laughs> and the uh, Marine Corps is a cult. So <laughs> a lot of the Army felt the same way <laughs> back yeah. in the day. Manson oh family God. and the Marine Corps. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I I just but then this movie really surprised me pleasantly. I was like, all right, cool. They uh, I feel like this is a movie that was designed for people who didn't know the history of it. Like everything is kind of explained as you go along for the uh, for the layperson. And it takes some liberties with that history too. So yeah, yeah it's quite definitely. a few. <laughs> Well, yeah, the fact that, like, there's no way these guys were at Heartbreak Ridge, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Granada, <laughs> that feels like a stretch. Now, Clint, Clint Eastwood, now he's too old. I, I, I've argued, and we've talked about this, like, a lot of the people in this movie are too old for the roles they're playing. Like, Staff Sergeant Webster, a guy in charge of 1st Platoon, he's far too old to be a Staff Sergeant. They would have forced him out by then. Yeah. Gunny High, you know, Tom, oh, geez, Tom, I'm calling him by his, uh, you know, character name. Yeah, familiar. His, his familiar <laughs> character name. No, but Clint Eastwood was 56 when this movie was filmed. There's no way there would have been a gunnery sergeant at 56 years old. Not, not at that point, not post-Vietnam. We've given the movie a pass because Gunny Highway fought in Heartbreak Ridge and Clint Eastwood is the right age. He was a Korean war, no, sorry, a Korean era veteran. He never went over to war. I was going to say, that's uh, one of the things I was reading about researching the movie. Yeah, he he was a lifeguard. <laughs> yeah, a swim instructor. World needs lifeguards, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, got to swim qual, you know, you got to yeah. do something like that. Those guys could have fought in, in Korea. There's no way, like, we gave Gunny the, or Clint Eastwood's character an excuse because he supposedly got out for a little bit and then came back in. Plus, he's a Medal of Honor winner, so there's no way they're going to force him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give him this. Like, part of the movie is about the fact that he's kind of too old to be doing this and maybe should be thinking about what to do next. And yeah. uh, I read, because I was like, the Marines weren't doing this, guys. And someone has come up with this whole elaborate theory that he and uh, Chuzu were actually in the Army got out and then went into the Marines and that's how they like reconcile the story. That is a hundred percent correct. Yeah. That's a hundred percent correct. Talk Perry and I talked about this early on. We weren't sure if that was a fact or not. 
it just we kept coming up with uh, internet research. We kept showing that that was because in real life, the Heartbreak Ridge battle in Korea was all, almost 100% ar- uh, army. The Marines had little to do with it. And I found these articles from back in 1986 where the there was army veterans that were mad that thought it was basically a version of stolen valor. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that they were like they were giving the Marines credit. One of the ways around that, well, actually, and here's the other thing, is this movie was supposed to be yeah. about the Army. Mm. And the Army said, no way. <laughs> they took a look at the script. And said, nope. <laughs> yeah. So then they, they shopped it to the Marines, and the Marines said, yeah, yeah, let's do it, because we got this thing called Toys for Tots. This would be a great movie to, uh, to go ahead and uh, start promoting <laughs> for. It, it wasn't. <laughs> but, exactly. Until they actually watched the movie, and they went, uh... <laughs> no talks should see this. Uh, oh. <laughs> and you know, so that's that's partly why his character was supposed to be a Korean War veteran, blah blah blah. There's a line later in the movie, and of course we'll highlight it when we get to it, that Chuzu explains that they were with it, he names the army division they were with, and then he said, We joined the Corps later. So they put a line in the movie okay. and it's there. Because okay. when because, you know, my dad was going through and listening to the podcast and he said, he texted me one day after hearing our speculation on that. And he said, oh, it's my memory that he was, they were in the army first. So he, he remembered that line. Aww. And so, yeah, there's something to it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where for me, with a lot of this movie, I've watched it so often that I can have it on in the background. I know everything that's going on, but I may not be giving it my full attention and I easily miss a line like that. So here we're doing a minute by minute podcast yeah. and I still <laughs> missed it when, when I watched it before I broke it down minute by minute, it wasn't until <laughs> I jumped ahead and I'm like, I gotta, let me find out if he really says that or not. And he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that line. I remember the scene too. You have no idea the good it did in my heart that like, basically we get the Korean, the history lesson later in the movie. I was just like, God, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've been having fun up to this point, but the fact that they took like, what is it, like four or five minutes out of their movie, this guy is going to explain exactly what happened when and how everyone yeah, did yeah. to do it. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, but because you know the the beginning of the movie is this all this Korean War footage in black and white, and of course we we just talked a little bit about the the battle then, but we didn't get too much into it, so we were like, oh that's a prime time where we might, you know, if I, if I take the time to actually do more research than I have, where we could discuss a little bit about what actually happened at, at the real life battle. Yeah. It's so crazy to go from, cause I knew I, you said the title heartbreak Ridge. I heard of the movie heartbreak Ridge. I knew it was a Clint Eastwood movie. I didn't realize it was like an acted directed everything to Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> but like I oh, watched yeah. the opening credits. I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, about Grenada. What is going on? Like, <laughs> it broke my brain a little bit to be like, this is not what I was expecting. But it was, it was really, it was really good. And then, like, the contrast of like it starting the opening credits are over black and white footage of the Korean War, and mm-hmm. then here in minute fifty-eight, I mean, they've got a laser tag for God's sake. Oh yeah, it's just. Like these minutes, I think are really good at kind of um, situating the movie in a very specific time and place. Yeah, 
we joke that this is a period piece because it was filmed in 86, but it was uh, takes place in 1983. So, you know, they, they really had to do some research to get the time period accurate when they actually filmed it. So <laughs> please tell me these guns and vests are accurate because they made me laugh so hard when I first saw them. No, that's all legit stuff. Cause they're wearing like, it's called like, what do we call it? Like web gear or deuce gear. Yeah. And then they just, it's called, well, the actual like laser tag part is called miles. I forget what it stood for, but it's, yeah. um, as with all things in the military, it's an acronym for something else. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, but it is like laser something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They know. They know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I like that stuff is like we didn't like we never used the Miles gear, so we didn't have any of that stuff or the attachments on the gun on the on the rifle. The only thing we did have were those red um the flash suppressors. They call them flash yeah, right. Flash suppressors. Flash hider. Yeah. We we call yeah. them flash yeah. suppressors at the end of the uh, barrel and it's got a little like it's like a red box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just screws in. A couple minutes back that when we were going through the fake town to clear the yeah, combat town. Combat town. A couple of dummies took those off and were shooting the blanks with them off. And of course it's just as loud as can get. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and, and the the muzzle flash comes way far out. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> yeah, trainees with burn marks and powder burns <laughs> you know it's funny though it's like you, like you say this like a specific time frame but like for us we were in the service 10 years later after this movie and yet this is all the gear we had <laughs> like, like th- this was new oh, then you know yeah. <laughs> and it was like the same stuff you know it's like everything's like here here's here's the old stuff from 10 years ago it's yours now <laughs> uh, i want to circle back to lieutenant ring when he's standing out there and Gunny marches a platoon off and they just focus on him for a good five seconds or so, mm-hmm. he looks so sad. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like the last guy picked uh, you know, for dodgeball. Like <laughs> he's he feels bad. Like yeah. <laughs> you gotta fall in love with this character, guys. Just for my sake. <laughs> yeah, we we've we've said like he's He's like the goofy guy, but like he means, he's so earnest and means so well, it means well, like everybody else is kind of an asshole and out to get everybody else. But he, he's like, just so happy to be there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's a good, and, and you know, spoilers, but I think I'm pretty sure you've seen this already. Like he does do the, the you know, like you said, he's kind of goofy. He's got a doctor's appointment or whatever it is, but he does do the right thing. Oh yeah. So yeah. He tries and he sometimes succeeds, sometimes not as much, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, he is perfect for his role and Moses Gunn is perfect for his. I, I don't care if he's way, way too old and there's no way. Like his face is everything you need for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he he's great because I mean like Perry and I have joked, like we've known people like that, like both like the lieutenant. We, we've met some lieutenants that were nice guys, maybe a little dorky. We've met some asshole ones that were completely <laughs> out of their, out of their depth though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, we, and, and he, he just kind of has that look, but yeah, this, the staff sergeant, uh, you know, um, Webster there, he, he does have that gruff, like NCO kind of, kind of the antithesis to Clint Eastwood, who's kind of gruff too, but where Clint Eastwood's tough. Cause he's like, 
you know, he's, he's like the alpha male or whatever. Yeah. Webster is the kiss ass. And yeah. we've known guys like that too, where it's like, Oh, whatever you say, major, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out his motivation. Cause I feel like he could just kick the major's ass anytime. And he wouldn't even sweat doing it. So it's like, yeah. this guy's just being the power structure, right? Because there's no <laughs> other reason for this guy to put up with this. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Yeah. It's all of the command, but even, even, um, Sergeant Major Chuzu, he doesn't have any time for the major, but he de- and he does give him a little like lip here and there, like smart ass remarks, and mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a minute or two. Mm-hmm. But like he, at the same time, he kind of, kind of he toes the line. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's definitely very uh, soft with his ego, or you know, you know, hold very. He's walking at eggshells around him, like he's you know. Yeah. When he was talking about him coming from supply, he, he said it was an unappreciated field of endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't necessary. (laughs) (laughs) We've been going back and forth on whether or not Lieutenant Ring was a first lieutenant or a second lieutenant. Every time I'm always positive he's a first lieutenant with the silver, the silver bars. Then we'll Mm -hmm. see there's one scene about it's a a second six where he's it's literally on one side it's silver and the other side is gold. And and I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And that's what keeps happening. Even. Even we had a, a fellow Marine on uh, from the History Marine Corps podcast, and we had Robert on it, and I asked him, and he he had the same problem that, that we did, is depending on how the light hits it, it looks gold. And I think in this case, I think it's silver, but that one scene, the sun is definitely reflecting down on it just right, and it's and it looks it looks gold. But I think he's, huh. so I think we've, I feel confident in saying he's a first lieutenant. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to go with it, because there's nothing in the, in the background that, specifies one way or another mm. you know gunny marches off but first platoon gets a ride to halfway to where they're going this is this one straight to my heart this one straight to my mash malibu ranch heart <laughs> <laughs> those hills oh my god like those hills just are it <laughs> you put an army truck in front of them that's it that, that's how it works well i guess not. you know what i mean <laughs> right you know, it's kind of like how Star Trek always goes to um, that one rock and it's, it's yeah. an alien planet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is probably uh, stomping on the same grounds as MASH did. So. Yeah, because this was filmed in Pe- uh, out at Pendleton, right? That's correct, yes. So it'd be the same hills, just from a different side. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure if at some point we were, could compare it, it, you'd be like, oh, no, they were there. They were right there. <laughs> Yeah, Alan Alda and Loretta sort of like getting just a few miles down the road from this. Exactly. Well, you know, somebody has to set up the field hospital while these guys go out and do their (laughs) war games. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this whole, I am so grateful, though, because you first sent me these three minutes. And I, I usually watch, if it's a movie I haven't seen, I'll watch the minute so that I know, like, when to pay attention kind. I mean, I'm watching a movie, but like, okay, these are my minutes. I got to really focus in. (laughs) <laughs> and uh without context i had no idea what was happening <laughs> and it's so clear once you watch the movie like all right so they're getting set up they're i mean they're literally getting set up to <laughs> be uh they'll, they'll describe it in the next oh i guess it's later in the week they describe how they are expected to die <laughs> yeah and it's just <laughs> It's so, I feel like this really, I mean, obviously everyone's biased. Everyone thinks they have the best minutes, but guys, I have the best minutes because this is like the heart of the movie. 
<laughs> you want to understand what the movie Heartbreak Ridge is about, you could just watch these three minutes and you'd get it. Yep. Yeah, that's a turning point. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've we've said too that like Recon Platoon is the bad news bears, and <laughs> this is the point where Gunny starts getting them into like an efficient team and not just you know the screw ups. And this is this is like these are the evil jocks early, you know, like uh, the, mm-hmm. the you know whatever the the rich the rich team, you know, <laughs> in yeah. all those movies. Don't tell Clint Eastwood. Such an eighties guys yeah. like it has all the tropes of like caddy shack <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the marines instead of a golf course it it, it really does it's i mean it's it kind of is a comedy too even though i mean i wouldn't say it's a full-blown comedy it's a it's an action movie first with comedic elements into it mm-hmm. and, and yeah. that's done purposely you know i mean i know clint eastwood wrote all the best lines for himself or whoever wrote it. he didn't write it but <laughs> <laughs> It's, there's there's a lot of funny little bits of business throughout this whole movie so it's totally it does it totally follows that whole format which is kind of funny but yeah like if you're just looking at this movie this these minutes out of context it really doesn't like i said you really don't know what the conflict is you can kind of figure it out like a <laughs> little bit like first platoon versus recon that's about it <laughs> but that is yeah <laughs> that, that's where up until this point, Gunny hasn't really butted heads with the major. He's only there's the the major doesn't like him, but Gunny's kept a, took a step back and just been professional and kept his mouth shut. This yeah. is where you know Listen, this is where he, if you're following along one minute at a time and you're just like, oh, the major seems to kind of have a stick up his butt, but whatever. Oh no, you're gonna hate that man by the end of the movie. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Perry and I have talked about how uh, you know there, he actually has some justification for not liking Clint Eastwood's character before meeting him. Yeah. Based on his history, his reputation is, and, and all that where he's, where he's kind of a jerk about it is he doesn't honor his, uh, give him the, his service record is it's worthy of, of, of at least some respect. And he doesn't, he doesn't give him that respect. That yeah. he's due. But, like, this minute starts to show like, Oh no, he's like this with everybody. It's, it's not Gunny, it's him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he, he even says, um, now I had a, com- a comment I wanted to make because I, I saw this in my notes. When, Chu- you know, Sergeant Major Chuzu, Cesar and Webster, and uh, Major Powers pull up in a Jeep, not a Humvee because they didn't have Humvees yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> we had Humvees. Um, but those five tons we had, they're probably the same ones that we had, too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> probably. Very much likely. Yeah, because they were still in service then, and they they were around um, for a while. But that version, I uh, I think we had. But anyways, he he I should specify who Sergeant uh, Staff Sergeant. Oh, geez, there's too many names. They're all majors too. Um, <laughs> Major Powers asks if Gunny is the right man to lead this ambush. Chuzu then says, "Well, he's the best. Uh, he's the best man he knows at small arm." Uh, Small unit, small tech, unit tech. Thank you. Small unit mm-hmm. tech. And of course, Webster, he's like, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he's, he, um, he, he totally doubts that. But anyways, this made me think that they later will learn that they've done this three times already. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me think Lieutenant Ring has led the platoon in previous times that, that he was there because he didn't seem to want to correct the major when when in the previous minute 
Gunny had asked, hey, did you have a conversation with Major Powers about this? And he's like, well, I see your point. But then he kind of just like, that's why he mm-hmm. felt so sad when we left him because he'd never, he never brought that up to Major Powers and probably didn't even think about that. So I, I wonder if Lieutenant Ring is actually, you know, he seems out of his depth to be the leader. He needs somebody like uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, Tom Highway to uh, kind of show him the ropes because he's new too. Mm-hmm. And especially when he's not standing up to also a superior officer who seems to be out of his element too, when it comes to this type of uh, role. I just wonder about that. <laughs> and then of course he major powers gets a platoon ready and says, we're going to, they're going to get ready to kick some recon, but he's definitely, we can tell whose side he's on. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about this minute? I'm good on this minute. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty basic. You march, you march. <laughs> yeah. We're meeting the middle somewhere. Whoa, good setup for the rest of this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Tierney, do you want to tell people where they can find you and tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. I am a posting junkie. So I've done a few of these. I did Mash Minute. And if you go to mashminute.com, you'll find all our episodes there. Both my friend Megan and I waxing poetic on that. And I've done Joe versus the Minute, talking about a Tom Hanks 1990 movie. So I uh, feel like kind of at home in this era of film. But because, you know, Mash is 70, that's 1990. We're going to meet in the middle of the 80s. Um, but yeah, other than having, you know, the TV on on Memorial Day weekend, I, I mean, maybe I've caught this before. This is my first experience with the movie. So I'm just, it's, it's good. It's good so far. I'm excited <laughs> for all the other minutes I like ended up writing down because it's like, that's the greatest phrase ever. I got to write that down. Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of quotable lines in this movie. Yeah, a lot of them. Oh, yeah. And some I still use to this day, so. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, you got anything, Perry? Nah, man, I'm good. All right, Perry. Well, then today we're going to kick some podcasting butt. They're not all gems, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That was beautiful. 